0: This is Thinking Transportation, conversations about how we get ourselves and the things we need from one place to another. I'm Bernie Fetty with the Texas A&M Transportation Institute. Animals of all types and sizes need to move about their habitats to forage, breed, and simply exist. And that movement can sometimes involve crossing over or through a road project at any stage of completion. If those animals enjoy protected status under the Federal Endangered Species Act, their presence can cause construction delays and higher project costs. Jet McFalls is an assistant research scientist at TTI. He and his team are showing how protecting endangered snakes and toads is good not only for the creatures, but good for transportation too. Jet, thanks very much for joining us.
1: Thanks, Bernie. It's good to be here.
0: Before we talk specifically about toads and snakes and the work that you're doing with Texas A&M AgriLife, it might be helpful to folks to hear just a little bit of background about what the Environment and Planning Program does at TTI. Your job's a little different. Please tell us about it.
1: Sure, Bernie. Our program has a tradition of environmental research here and expertise through our work done in air quality and also water quality work. We've conducted out our sediment erosion control lab. And you're right that much of our research is not usually associated with the typical transportation areas as some others might be. But we have found out that the research landscape is changing and we're trying to broaden our reach when it comes to the types of projects we pursue. And as a result, it's open doors to be able to work with different colleagues and experts in other fields, which we don't normally work. And we've also realized that everything that is part of our environment has a transportation connection to it.
0: And that includes roadside vegetation, right?
1: Exactly. Uh, Yes, sir.
0: Which reminds me that we're not that far off from wildflower season again. And when folks who are driving down the roads are marveling at how nice the roadside looks, we typically don't think about how those vibrant plants and all of the other grasses along the side of the road have a very practical purpose. Basically, we need those to help the road itself stay in good condition.
1: Isn't that right? Oh, absolutely. The textile wildflower program is known internationally. They do such a great job, which we've all seen, most notably the blue bonnets and the wildflowers that come out in the spring. But yeah, that vegetation serves a bigger purpose than just the way it looks. It holds the soil in place. It treats the stormwater that runs off of the roadway and so we've done a lot of work with TxDOT on vegetation establishment, vegetation management. You're going to see an increased focus on pollinators along the roadside too, as we get into more of that area.
0: You mentioned, for instance, the stormwater runoff that comes as a result of rain, which is also something that you get to simulate,
1: right? Oh yes, out uh, at our sediment and erosion control lab, we have a facility out there which we started about 1990 we have artificial rainfall simulators and some test flumes that simulate swells and ditches along the highway and rain. We can simulate rainfall at various amounts and we're able to test how vegetation works to clean the pollutants and clean the sediment out of our stormwater runoff. We're able to evaluate erosion and sediment control products. dot has been charged with making sure that the stormwater runoff coming off their roadway is contained so that sediment is not discharged from the site because that sediment includes all the pollutants coming off of the roadway, such as the oils, the gas, the leads from the tires and things like that. So, we're able to evaluate that and we've been working on that for quite a while.
0: Yeah, who would have thought that simulating rainfall was a whole lot more complicated than just grabbing a garden hose and and spraying, right?
1: That's true. On our test, the intensity, the application rates, the height of the rainfall, the velocity of the raindrops, all that is controlled and taken into account.
0: And even even as I heard the size of the raindrops, you guys really get it down to a science. So if you can simulate rainfall, then simulating a habitat for endangered snakes and toads almost sounds like just another day at the office.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a little bit different one of the things that we are able to do is evaluate the performance and the effectiveness of different products, and that's what we've done now with this new project. We're working with Texas A&M AgriLife.
0: Yeah, but let's talk a little bit more about that now. What is it that you and your team are working on with that group? Sure.
1: Well, there are some federally endangered species out there, and TechStots required to take measures to reduce the risk of road mortality and injury of these endangered species during construction, it's very important that their construction areas are monitored, make sure that these species are not killed or showing up on their construction sites. If they are, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is able to basically shut the job down, and that's going to create all kinds of increased costs and delays in getting the construction site done. So it's really important that that's monitored. Two of the animals that we're looking at on this project specifically are the Houston toad and the Louisiana pine snake. The Houston toad is important because they help transfer nutrients between species that live on land and in the water. And the Houston toad was actually the first amphibian to be listed as federally endangered on the Endangered Species Act. So its decline is basically a result of loss of habitat. Wetlands were replaced by urban development.
0: You mentioned the Endangered Species Act, which was passed just one year short of half a century ago. So, these protections have been around for a long time, and I guess the transportation connection has been around for just as
1: long. Sure. You know, that Endangered Species Act introduced legislation to uh, preserve and protect various species of plants and animals that could be facing extinction from land development and man-made environmental hazards. So, it drives a lot of the things that we do today.
0: That's a good little history and background or profile on the Houston toad. Can you share a little with us about the Louisiana pine
1: snake? Sure. The Louisiana pine snake, it requires similar habitat, and we're losing that habitat rapidly. Vehicle mortality is a major threat to them. They're rare because they spend most of their time underground and very rarely seen above ground they're important because they do a good job in keeping the population of burrowing animals down in places other snakes don't enter since they spend so much time underground
0: right whenever you talk about vehicle mortality that's what most folks know I think as roadkill
1: exactly roadkill
0: unintended encounters with cars and trucks are are bad for the animals we're talking about and a lot of other animals but not only do those creatures face dangers on existing roads they're often imperiled the moment that road construction begins
1: right exactly and that's and what
0: your work on this project i think is about
1: exactly that's the main focus on this because if again any of these species in any endangered species besides just these two we've mentioned are identified and located on a textile dot construction site or any construction site for that matter that construction site can be shut down so we're looking at different ways to protect these guys and One way to do that is to uh, use what they call reptile exclusion fences, and that's what this project is all about. We're evaluating the effectiveness of exclusion fences.
0: When you say exclusion fences, you're talking about excluding the animals from the construction site, right? Keeping them out of that
1: space. That is correct. And on this project, we are evaluating three different fences. Two are proprietary products, which means they're just available on the market and one is a product that Techdot has developed and they've been using on their construction site. So, because it's important to protect these guys, we are evaluating these fences for efficacy, their material cost, their installation process, field durability. To be effective, this fence needs to prevent climbing, and it also has to have jump outs designed to allow these guys to escape from the construction zone or runway in case they're trapped inside that area.
0: And that's in case they were already there whenever those fences were put up.
1: Exactly.
0: Okay. And you're doing this in two steps. So can we talk a little about how phase one works and then how phase two is working? Sure.
1: Phase one, we just wrapped up the first part of that out at our sediment erosion control lab, where we built 18 pins, six of each of the three fences. And the species are placed in the pins and their activity is monitored overnight with video cameras to document their movement both their successful and unsuccessful attempts and this control testing was done over the summer months and will resume in spring and since the Houston toad and Louisiana pine snake are threatened it's important to note that we're using proxy species which are similar in size and movement for the Houston toad we're actually using the gulf coast toad and for the Louisiana pine snake we're using corn snakes
0: Almost sounds like you're using stunt doubles uh, (laughs) like like you might if this was
1: a film or something, right? Exactly. And it was determined by AgriLife that these are very similar to the species that's endangered.
0: I'm glad that you brought up how they made that distinction because one of the things that you and I talked about before today was how their team and your team bring very distinct, very specialized, but complementary skill sets to the process. Uh, Tell us a little about that.
1: Yeah, we've worked together really well with Texas A&M AgriLife. What they bring to the table is the knowledge of these species, and what we bring to the table is the expertise of knowing what goes on in the roadways and the rights-of-way with the vegetation establishment management, and also the construction techniques that a tech stop may be using. Another thing is we have the real estate, and they're able to construct these test arenas for this project.
0: You've built a lot of different simulated environments. Is this the first time that you and your team have built an environment for snakes and toads?
1: Yes, sir. Oh,
0: well, now I guess you've got experience, so you can put That's that right. on, the, on the agency resume. That's right. You've already talked about phase one. Can you tell us a little about how the next phase of this is going to work, which I guess is already underway?
1: Yes. Like I say, phase one. We will start that up again in the spring, but also during that phase one, while we were doing this controlled environment testing out at the field lab in the fall, AgriLife identified actual right-of-way field locations where these species are known to live. I mentioned earlier Bassbrook County and Robertson County. So there's some known location habitat for these species. So for the past year, AgriLife has been going out and actually monitoring these locations to, to determine the mortality rate of these snakes and toads. So now phase two, TTI staff is going out and installing about a mile and a half of these three different toad exclusion fences along DOT rights-of-way in Bastrop and Robertson County. So what we will do now is AgriLife will continue to monitor these sites after these fences have been erected and hopefully they'll see a decrease in mortality rates. We are currently finishing up those final field test sites and probably just weeks away from starting phase two.
0: After phase two, how would you describe the ideal end result for the project you're
1: doing? The goal of this is to identify which of these fences work the best. And we're already seeing some differences and some are working better than others in different ways. When we've done product evaluations in the past, it's identified the successful products and it's also caused the lesser performing products. developed into a better product.
0: As you've described it, the primary reason that you're doing this work with your partners over at Texas A&M AgriLife is all about avoiding situations where road construction projects get delayed and unnecessary costs get added because of unintended circumstances related to the Endangered Species Act. That's it. Let's talk just a little bit about your colleague, Christina Chin at AgriLife. Right. Because she has that ecological background and knowing about how these species keep nature in proper balance.
1: Oh, yes. Christina's a postdoc researcher at Texas A&M, and she's been managing the project from the College of AgriLife side. Her expertise is in toads and reptiles, and so her knowledge is invaluable to our research team.
0: And if I understand right, some of her work is specific to what we and she describe as wildlife, roadway interactions, or roadkill. Exactly. Okay, so building this habitat is a little bit new for your team, but roadway research related to wildlife is not something that's new. Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you've done with the pelicans and the ocelots, et cetera?
1: Sure. Dr. Andrew Burt led a study here to determine why there was such a large number of wildlife vehicle interactions down in South Texas, specifically the brown pelican. It was a phenomenon that was pretty unusual. There was a situation where these large pelicans were having trouble when the weather was a certain condition that they could not fly over a certain roadway. Of course, this created safety issues for drivers and other traffic hazards. We've done some other work with wildlife crossings, specifically ocelots in South Texas. We've tried to reduce wildlife vehicle interactions and tried to look for ways wildlife can cross under and over roadways. We've also done some work and currently doing some work again with Texas Animal AgriLife on monarch butterflies and other pollinators. Uh, we've worked to identify methods to try to increase pollinator habitat along text rights of waste.
0: That sounds like an episode all by itself.
1: To be honest with you, all the stuff we've talked about, the Monarch thing is going to grow really fast. Y'all will be hearing a lot more about that. I mean, that's fixing to be big. That's coming down way at the top.
0: And why is that? Can you help us understand that real briefly?
1: You know, the Monarch is very important to our food chain. I mean, if we didn't have those guys, I mean, Bernie, you could do a whole thing on the importance of Monarchs. But there's been a a major decline in their habitat, just like those other species. And so... uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Monarch migration that goes from Mexico up to Canada and back every year. And it follows what's called the Monarch Highway, which follows Interstate 35 straight up north and back down south through the United States. We've identified some travel funnels which they collect in and travel in. That journey is really an amazing journey. But what we're trying to do is look at ways since DOT has so much right-of-way. It's a great opportunity to use those rights of way to create pollinator habitat to help them make that journey.
0: And therein lies the transportation connection.
1: Exactly. I don't have all the details right now, but there's a federal mandate from back when Obama was president that all state DOTs will get busy on identifying ways to improve, I keep saying monarch, but it's all pollinator habitat on their rights of way.
0: What is it that helps you stay motivated? Helps you keep showing up to work every day.
1: Interesting variety of projects that we're able to work on, the people I get to work with. It's just been a great ride.
0: Jet McFalls, Assistant Research Scientist at TTI and now Snake and Toad Habitat Specialist. I think that would fit on a business card, wouldn't it, Jet?
1: I'm thinking about it right now.
0: Okay, fascinating work that you're doing. Thanks again for telling us about it.
1: Thanks for allowing us to do this.
0: The needs of the traveling public and those of the animal kingdom do not always align with each other. But that doesn't mean the two populations can't coexist in a healthy way. With a little extra focus and the right tools, road builders can help to ensure that animal habitats retain the natural balance they need to thrive. And when creatures in question are protected under the Federal Endangered Species Act, That approach is good not only for the creatures, it's good for keeping road projects on schedule too. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us for our next episode when we visit with Alice Grossman, leader of TTI's Clean Transportation Collaborative, which aspires to support a transition to low emission transportation systems. Thinking Transportation is a production of the Texas A&M Transportation Institute a member of the Texas A&M University System. The show is edited and produced by Chris Porteau. I'm your writer and host, Bernie Fetty. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.